Hi, everyone, and welcome to the February 10th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. The Canadian International Auto Show is less than a week away, and my guest today will set the table for us when it comes to what we should expect to see when it opens. He'll tell us which automakers plan to attend, talk about the exhibits, and he'll discuss the challenges that came with finally putting on the show for the first time since 2020. All that and more when I speak with CIAS General Manager Jason Campbell on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Jason, thanks for joining me on the program this week. Well, thanks for having me. Exciting time. Absolutely. That's why we're chatting. Uh, This is sort of the Christmas for uh, auto show fans. Um, The CIAS, the Canadian International Auto Show, is almost upon us. But I have to ask, it's been a tough few years. What was it like planning this year's show? Well, you know, we tried last year. We actually had a plan announced to do a show in 2022, and then it all fell apart in, in uh, December when everything uh, was when everything went up in the air with uh, COVID and had the big issues. But this year, we've had a clear run. We've had uh, uh, we've had a lot of excitement for manufacturers to come back. You know, there is a lot of excitement from consumers to be back for sure, and uh, it's been. It's, it's, it's been a challenge. I won't uh, hide that, you know, early on in the spring when we didn't know for sure. Uh, but then momentum has gathered. Everyone's back. The life has come back to normal. And we're really happy to be out of the uh, out of the pandemic and full steam ahead into auto show season once again. Having planned a show for 2022, did that make it easier for 2023? Were there things you could draw on and simply move forward? Or did a lot change between 2022's plan and the one you're going to implement uh, this year? Well, we, we we had a different plan for 2022. It wasn't going to be our 50th year. This is our 50th anniversary year. And that's drawn a lot of interest from a lot of companies to get involved. And so we've been able to pull in new exhibits and new exhibitors and bring back some of our old fan favorites. And that's, that's really helped uh, give a lot of spice and uh, a lot of more general interest elements to the show, uh, apart from just what the manufacturers are bringing to showcase. Uh, let's jump to that because I was going to ask you what's different or new specifically about 2023's show. Well, obviously, in the last three years, you know, talk about electric vehicles and the electrification of the industry has really ramped up considerably. And the biggest change we've got at the show this year, we've been doing electric vehicle test drives for people to experience that driving outside around the Metro Toronto Convention Center. But this year, we've moved that experience in-house. We've built a 70,000-square-foot EV test track right in the South Building where consumers can come in and experience for themselves um, a two-lap experience driving up to one of 19 vehicles that are going to be available uh, in all-electric range indoors. And that's going to be a really big change to what the show looks and feels like. And every manufacturer on our floor is involved in it. So it's got a lot of excitement from the the brands that are, are taking part in the show this year. We've seen similar test drives and tracks at other shows. Is that sort of experiential format where auto shows are going? Because we've seen it in Detroit and at other shows where it's no longer just come and look at the car, sit down, maybe take a photo, walk around. It's about getting behind the wheel and being able to drive these cars now. Is that where we're going in the auto show circuit to more experiential experiences? I think we're going to see more and more of this. I think from the reaction we had from our manufacturers for this EV test track, 
it really has gotten everybody excited. And we even had brands that aren't in the show come back and ask us, hey, can we take part in the EV test tracks? And we had to say, look, sorry, we're full. There's no more space. And so, yeah, I think this is going to be the the, uh, the way of the future. We've got another major experiential program taking place in our North Building. Stellantis is coming in with the Camp Jeep experience. It's, again, giving people a chance to get bums and seats the Camp Jeep experience is the first time they brought it to Canada. It's going to be taking up a 20,000 square foot spot in the North Building, and it's going to be really unique. That that was running at the Detroit Auto Show, as you will have seen. And uh, But for the first time in Canada, and to do it indoors is very new for us. That kind of experiential element is definitely going to be here to stay uh, in the future. And the Convention Center has worked well with us to try and allowing this kind of thing, which normally doesn't get allowed in uh, indoors in, in this facility. But, you know, they recognize that times are changing and we need to change with it. I have to ask, what were your feelings when Ford of Canada said it was going to pull all auto show participation in Canada? I really felt like that was a first domino that could cause some serious damage to the auto show circuit in Canada. I just wonder how you reacted when you heard that from that automaker. Well, obviously, we were very disappointed. Ford has been a great partner of ours for many years and had a large footprint in our in our floor. And so when they told us end of November that they weren't coming back, we had to immediately pivot. And that's when we, we said, look, why don't we build and take that space and expand it and build this indoor EV test track? And that really, you know, it was almost a blessing in disguise in a way because it's generated so much interest. And I think this indoor track is going to be a really big hit of the show and it's going to be the way we have to go forward. We'd want Ford to come back. We want a lot of the, print, uh, the partners that we've enjoyed their patronage of over the years to come back. They're, we're going through a temporary challenge and the auto industry is been very challenged with product. There were a number of brands that we spoke to during the summer in the planning phase, and they were saying, look, Jason, I'm afraid I just don't have enough product. We can't, we got a two-year waiting list on some of these cars. And so to go into the show for them, for them didn't make sense. But the brands that have products available, ones that are available in reasonable time frame to consumers, they're here at the show. And I think that the program General Motors is bringing with all of their brands, they're, they're going full on Stellantis is going full on with their brands. You know, I think the brands that aren't going to be here are going to regret it and, and look to try and come back into the program in, in 2024. But we've got a great show. It's, it's a full show, both buildings, lots of interesting content and lots of great cars available. So we're excited. It's incredible to me to think that the inventory crunch can affect something um, that is so sort of ingrained in the industry as an auto show. I mean, that is how bad this inventory crunch has gotten is that they don't have enough vehicles to sort of justify going into a show because I assume because if someone saw it, they can't order it. Is that the reason? I just wonder how the inventory affects the decision-making. What were you told? Well, I, you know, there are people for sure that have been waiting for a long time for certain certain cars, and I, I'm not going to name the brand, but one of them is, look, if I put one of these vehicles on, I've got customers here waiting for over a year, and they're going to be asking me rightly, why is my car not in my driveway, and you've got it out there in the show? And so, you know, we understand that. that, that that's a reasonable argument, but there's, on the other side, a lot of brands that are in the show are taking the long-term view. Say, look, we want to be part of this. There's been three years since we've all gathered together here to tell our story. 
And there's a lot of new developments, a lot of new technologies that are come on the marketplace. And there's a lot of excitement from brands bringing new concept cars. Hyundai have announced they're bringing two great concept cars and the global leadership coming. Nissan's bringing some of their global leadership team. Uh, brands have expanded the size of their space. We've got new brands coming into the marketplace like VinFast. That's exciting to see. And, uh, you know, Toyota and Lexus have always had a very strong program with us. And it's going to be again. You know, we've got a really, really full show, and uh, I think the consumers are going to very much enjoy their experiences here. With you talking about vehicles and those folks that are going to be there and those sort of things and concepts, I did want to ask, are there any truly Canadian debuts of vehicles, things we haven't seen that will be for sale in Canada, or global debuts planned for what is an international auto show? I just wonder if there are any automakers that are bringing us vehicles to see that we have never seen before in Canada. Well, there's, there's the one that I'd highlight we're actually announcing today, the uh, APMA Project Arrow. I know it's a concept car. It's, it's this calling card that the Auto Parts Manufacturers Association have, uh, have put out there. It was revealed for the first time at CES. We're going to be having it as our, our debut uh, brand announcement or brand profile on Media Day. They're going to open the show on the Media Day stage, and uh, it will have its first run of, as a vehicle. I think it's gone from initial concept to actual running car in three years and it'll be showcased here at the show over the over the time of the show the manufacturers keep to themselves all of their new reveals they don't like sharing with us in advance we have been sharing out some of the vehicles that uh, that are going to be on some of the brand stages but they try and keep any of that kind of new news to themselves and that's that's fine that's it's fair they keep that uh, their powder dry until media day but you know we've got we've got a very busy program with uh, with our manufacturers that are here. We've got a great rung of exotic cars. Auto Exotica is moving to a new, more accessible location in the South Building, and that's got a full house. All of our, our fan favorites are back in that space. So I think there's going to be more than more than enough uh, interesting content to people keep them engaged over the course of the show. So just so I'm clear, we we know Project Air will be there. That vehicle will be seen running. Um, not just sitting. Will it be on the test track? Will we see it It'll, in it motion? Will, on media day, the plan is to have it running and doing its first uh, first live drive on the EV test track. So that's that's exciting, and it's the first time it's been showcased in Canada. I know it had its debut at CES, but uh, this is a real Canadian success story. And uh, there'll be a lot of partners that have been involved in this. Over 50 have uh, contributed to that to that vehicle's success, and they're going to be coming down on mass to to the show to see it for themselves and it's going to be right here on display for everyone to look at over the course of the 10 days of the show i'm I'm curious montreal's show recently wrapped up did you go to montreal's show or at least follow the happenings in montreal and and if so what did you learn from that show last month yeah i did go to montreal and we we normally have a chance to to meet with the various manufacturer ceos the day after media day to share with them what we're doing at the show and, you know, they, they obviously had a smaller program. It was only one floor out of three. Um, I'm in close touch with the Montreal show organizers. And uh, they, you know, like us, had some last-minute cancellations. So it was a challenge for them to try and pick up. But it was still a, a successful show. I think they had over 150,000 people attend. And uh, that tells me that there's great enthusiasm amongst consumers to, to come in and see what's new in the marketplace. And the manufacturers... We're all saying just how great it is to be back and how it is great to see old colleagues and, and get that buzz again from auto show season. But uh, but our show really is is the full thing again. I mean, we're on both buildings. All of the show floors are full and 
lot of different interesting content. And uh, one, for example, some of the uh, the new content we have in the show, we've got a an accessible mobility display. It's going to be a 3,600 square foot display of of six accessible mobility vehicles brought to us by Universal Motion. These are are, are vehicles for people with uh, with disabilities that uh, have a need for this kind of specialty product. And it's a product that nobody wants, but really can transform their lives. And that's the first time we've done that kind of special feature. It's on the main show of the 800 level and Chevrolet, Toyota, and, uh, and Stellantis products are going to be showcased in that space. We've got a big display from Hot Wheels. It's 50 years of our show. They lasted a display with us in uh, in 2018, celebrating their own 50th anniversary. And we've got six big Hot Wheels cars coming in, plus a competition has found 10 more collectors to have their own Hot Wheels entered into the show. So that'll be an interesting feature, a big Toys R Us showcase for that. We've got Lego debuting, a North American debut of the Lamborghini. The last time they came in 2019 with a full-size Bugatti, it was the internet hit of the show, and I'm sure we're going to have the same thing this year. It's on the 700 level, and we've got a major, major feature in the 700 level with Cobble Beach, where they're celebrating 75 years of Porsche. And we've got an amazing collection of Porsches, 16 different Porsches from 1952 to today. And uh, that's going to be, well, certainly our largest invested feature in the show. And that's going to blow people away in terms of the quality. I don't think there's been a better collection of Porsche vehicles assembled in Canada ever. Uh, that you'll see at the show. So that's going to be a, a big fan favorite. And an accessible mobility uh, area kind of leans into our electric city space. We've got uh, a lot of new companies coming in and demonstrating uh, micromobility uh, products. Uh, Frank Stronics, a new Sarat vehicle will be available for people to test on an indoor track. Uh, electric bikes, people can test those out for themselves. There's even a, an AI-powered um, Pushchair, which uh, which debuted at CES and is coming over from Vancouver to, to showcase here. And Plug and Drive will be signing people up and getting people registered for our indoor test track and explaining all about what it's like to own an EV and answering all the people's questions about that side. So it's there's, there's a full range of activities for people to do, but uh, everything from A to Z is, is on the show floor. And we're looking forward to opening up in just over just two weeks' time, two weeks today. Do you have any indication of what attendance might be like? I know you went to Montreal and I think they drew about 150,000 as we talked about over 10 days. Do you have any goals or any sense of what numbers might be in Toronto? You know, it's it's hard to say for sure. Right now, um, as we're tracking our ticket sales, we're 45% above where we were at this stage in 2020. I don't think those numbers are going to hold all the way through the show, but uh, but our our main advertising program kicks off this week. The bulk of the advertising happens next week is when we sell most of our tickets. But I'll be surprised, given the the amount of pent up demand and interest there is, and how hard people have had to wait for product. I think this is going to be a great place for them to find product and see what's available in the marketplace. And uh, I'm I'm sure we're going to have a have a busy year. I I won't be at all surprised if we're bigger than what we were in 2020. Well, I have to say, with a Porsche display that you described, that uh, tugs at me. And when I told my son there's a life-size Lego Lamborghini, that was enough for him to want to go. So I might have to, ha- I might have to tote him along as I cover the show and go to uh, the show because uh, you've got uh, two things that uh, are near and dear in the auto world to both of us. So um, yeah, he's excited, and so am I. And we'll see you up there. Thanks for doing this. No problem, Greg. Great. We'll look forward to seeing you down at the show. Absolutely.
I want to thank Jason for being my guest today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.